Hey, hey, what's going on, brother? It's Thea Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you so much for listening. And man, oh man, we have a treat. We have a friend of mine, John Michael Clark, coming onto the podcast today. This guy is the founder of an organization called The Family Captain. And look, I mean, this is episode 695. We have interviewed so many men who have ministries and organizations that help, you know, men become better men, that help men become better leaders or better husbands or, you know, whatever. I don't know that I've ever heard more raving feedback from anybody than the participants in John Michael's The Family Captain program. I mean, everyone I know that's done his program just raves about it. So I was like, bro, you need to come on here, spill the tea, like give us give us the goods here. What are you doing? Why are guys loving it so much? And I have to say by the end of the interview, I was really impressed and, and it was really clear to me like, okay, he's, he's doing something very legitimate. And so what we tried to do today, and I would say successfully did today, was we had an, uh, a conversation rather about uh, biblical family leadership, you know, why men are to lead in the home, uh, why men are to live on mission and why it's a good thing for men to be busy with things that are meaningful to them in their lives. And then we talked a little bit about the six sales every man must uh, master, and that was good stuff, like very practical. There's a couple things in there that I'm doing. There's a couple things that I'm not doing, and so I felt really challenged by that, but in a good way. And then we talked a little bit at the end about you know healthy sex and why um, why your bar should be set really high for a good sex life in your marriage and how to get things to that place. So a very robust conversation. John Michael is articulate. He's high energy. He's super passionate about this stuff. And we covered what I think is maybe uh, one of the most foundational subjects for all of you guys listening. Whether you're married and you have a home that you get to lead or maybe you are single and currently the only person you're leading is yourself. Either way, there's plenty to, uh, to gain and to glean from this. And so without further ado, here's my interview with John Michael Clark. Enjoy. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. All right. Well, I am here with John Michael Clark, and I've been really looking forward to this interview. Um, I'll give a little bit of background. John Michael Clark and I are in a, a business mastermind together, and this doesn't happen very often, but you, you, a bunch of guys from the mastermind are doing your program. They're raving about it uh, and loving the work you're doing, man. So um, I, I know just from our conversations, I can tell you're doing a good work. And it's been cool to see you just changing so many lives that I, you know, personally know. And so I'm very honored to have you on the show, man. Welcome to Unleash the Men Within. Zathia, it's a blessing to be with you, brother. Thanks for having me, man. So you and I have a bunch of things in common. You know, you um, like the local church pastor kind of role, something that you're doing currently in a church that you planted. Also, um, you know, growing a business and and figuring out how to sort of um, earn some income from, you know, God-given skill sets that that are actually very synonymous with pastoring. I see what you're doing in Family Captain. It's very clear to me that God obviously trained you um, for this. And um, and sometimes you, you don't even realize how much these skills all overlap. Can you talk to us a little bit about the Family Captain? Just give us a, a like a Coles notes, like what is it and what are you trying to accomplish with it? 
Yeah, the family captain is what I wish John Michael had had 10 years ago. Mm. It answers practically the questions that I could not get answers to. And it it all revolved around leadership. What does a man's leadership really look like? What is a husband really supposed to be as opposed to just vague fruits of the spirit that should apply to all Christians? What is a husband? What is a man? Uh, how do I lead my wife well? What the heck does the scripture mean when it says I'm the head of my wife? Um, mm-hmm. How do I do this in a way that causes my wife to thrive and my children to thrive? And how do I have a thriving sex life with my wife? You know, these were the questions that I couldn't get answers from the the caricature that I joke about. I call him Pastor Melvin. Um, <laughs> so Pastor Melvin wouldn't answer those things plainly. I think maybe from cowardice or maybe from ignorance. I've been guilty of both, so I'm not throwing rocks at him. But it was the experience that I had, and I found many men have had that same experience. Like, I think we're missing something big and beautiful when it comes to the high calling of family leadership for men, and. And people are people are missing out because when men thrive in the way that they're supposed to, when they lead in the way they're supposed to, everybody wins. This is yeah. not a win lose scenario. This is a win 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 all the way around. So in the family captain, that's what we do. We walk with guys and we make family leadership and sex and marriage very practical, so that you can build attraction. You can be the greatest man your wife and kids have ever known. And we do that and with a, a lot of teaching from the Word of God. But unfortunately, a lot of things that aren't very common in Christian culture at the moment. Yeah, very, very true. And um, I'm tempted to go down that rabbit trail, but I'm going to hold myself because I know we have some other things that we want to talk about first. Um, you mentioned you mentioned something interesting, uh, and I've, I've heard you make the statement before, even in like our, our Voxer group, that family leadership is the high calling for every husband, not a high calling. It's the high calling. Can you... Can you justify that statement? Why is family leadership the high calling for every husband that's listening? I believe that household was, I mean, it's the Lord starts with a family in the garden. He's going to finish with a family at the marriage supper of the lamb. The Lord prioritized and gave Adam, first of all, his wife and this household. And I believe the Lord has given every man this household, this garden for him to tend and keep. And I think our perspective has often been, I've got a clock in at work. I got a clock in at church, got a clock in as a husband, got a clock in as a dad. This is a time clock, by the way. I've got my punch card for those for viewers who might not know what am I holding there. Um, So it's all these places. Someone's going to extract something else from me instead of this shift and this revelation where, bro, this is the high calling. This is the hub. Household is the hub. It's not the idol. It's everything still built on King Jesus. He comes first and above all. But household is the hub. And this is my first ministry, Scythia. This is where I'm emphasizing the the first thing. It's not that there's nothing else that matters, but it's just that everything else should be flowing out of this place. And when a man really starts to see that, that's why we you know, reference family captains. I'm not just the cabin boy. I'm not just another crew member here. I'm actually taking responsibility and ownership for all of this. And it's a good and glorious thing. Men want to build. Men were made to build. We're going to build. We're either going to do it inside a video game in a false world, or we're going to do it in the marketplace, or we're going to do it in the church. And I say, guys, build in all those places. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But if you don't build first in your household, then you've missed it. So it's easy for me to go crush it at work. You know, I know how to win there. It's easy for me to go crush it somewhere else. But bro, are are you crushing? Are you ecstatically married? Are your kids thriving? Are you raising your family in the presence of God? If not, you've missed the first thing, man. And it's freaking dope. It's not boring. It's not lame. It's not cheesy. If you think it is, 
that's just on you. Good news. The Lord has revelation for you to show you how big and exciting this really gets. Yeah, man, that's good. It's really good. So I, I like that you're so practical. And I, I think that's part of the reason that you've been so successful. And just, you know, in my in my own opinion, just outside looking in, I think guys need the nuts and bolts. Like we need the practicalities of it. And I've heard a lot of guys talk about, you know, um, my I've heard people even say from a stage, like, you know, ministry, like my first ministry is my family. My first calling is at home. But then you look at the home and and maybe it doesn't look as functional as it should. Or I know I know for some people, their idea of what that looks like is just different than how I would imagine it. And so obviously there's individual nuance here. But generally speaking, when, when somebody is actually prioritizing family leadership above career success, above anything else, maybe glamorous financial success or whatever it might be, when this is actually a priority in someone's life, what does that really look like? The so there's there's the short version and there's the longer game. So it depends on where your soil is right now. Mm. You know, you might come to my house and see my yard right now and there's weeds everywhere and it's a huge mess. Well, I could repent and start making changes right away and you'll see some progress within the next seven days. Right. It'll be tidied up a bit. But that's different from what you're going to see 18 months from now, bro. If I'm consistent, I do the right thing at the right time you come back and it looks like a golf course. So I want to give encouragement mm-hmm. to wherever a guy is, but I'll answer your question with the long game answer, Sophia. The long game answer is you're going to see a wife who's thriving, a woman who's mm-hmm. actually flourishing, not a woman who is anxious, not a woman who's overwhelmed, not a not a woman who is being crushed by life and its pressures because her husband has become the greenhouse above her. And the same thing will happen for his children. So, I mean, a, a lot of... um The cynic would hear all this and say, this sounds very idealistic. And to which I would say, uh, it is idealistic. And our Lord is an an, an idealist. And Mm -hmm. his ways really do lead to human flourishing. So Mm -hmm. uh, what we're talking about is reality because because the word of God promises certain things. Second of all, I've also seen this stuff walked out many times. But man, it it shows up in a million ways. It's It's the family who... We were doing all of the sports, you know, we were doing Becky's got to be in gymnastics and Bobby's got to be in this and -and so-and-so's got to be in that. Mom and dad are just chauffeurs, man. We're just ships passing in the night. We're just, we're Christians, but, you know, we're we're just trying to survive this week. And, you know, we're all going to go to heaven when we die. It's such a small vision. Another thing that happens is the vision gets big. And all of a sudden the captain and his wife, everybody starts to see that, whoa, like, the Sams, it means something to be a Sam. It means something to be a Clark. And we're not just going to be run ragged and pulled in a million directions. So there's a million little ways that this starts to show up. But the core of it is a man starts to become deliberate rather mm. than he's being extracted from in every, every area of his life. He's actually charting a course now and he's saying, we're going this way for the glory of God and for the good of the people that I love. Well, soccer signups have happened. Okay, we're not hostages to soccer signups. Or, well, so-and-so has demanded this. Okay, well, we're not hostages to so-and-so. We're going to make wise and godly decisions that actually contribute to the family culture that we want to build. We're supposed to be building family culture? Yeah, that's the other thing that starts (laughs) to happen. This vision starts to bubble up because most men, they don't know this. I didn't know this. We're supposed to have a family vision. Hey, man, I didn't know either. It's okay. But yeah, (laughs) the Lord has put things in every man's heart that the Lord wants to see manifested in that garden. It pleased the Lord to give Adam the garden. He wanted to see what Adam would name the animals. 
He yeah, wanted to right. see where Adam would plant things. Hey, Lord, I was, I was I planted strawberries here today. Good job, son. I love it. It pleases the Lord to give his yes to his sons. And many men, I, I think, haven't even known that they had the permission, uh, much less the responsibility to do that. So I don't know that I answered you precisely enough. So make sure I don't dodge it. But there's a lot that comes from when a man starts to get this unlock and this revelation of this is big. This is exciting. There's a lot of opportunity. Yeah. So I'm hearing you say the evidence is in the family members, the wife in particular. That tells you a lot about, you know, is the man leading well? And then what that looks like is you're talking about someone being deliberate, somebody having vision, um, and somebody who, it, it sounds like that communion with God is really important too, right? Like you don't just get permission or feel empowered by God to do these things unless you're obviously having some kind of dynamic relationship there as well. Um, what else am I missing? What what helps a guy create, I, I like the word you use, that greenhouse for his family to thrive? What what else would he be doing or what else what else does that look like? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, walking with the Lord, whenever I'm bringing guys on, like in the family captain specifically, I only work with Christian men. So right. n- nobody else even is an option because if you don't have the foundation of Christ and his word, then I got nothing else to offer you. If that's not enough for you, then I got nothing. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. That the, the conviction has to come from the word of God. It can't just yeah. be John Michael said, like who cares what John Michael says? So guys have to really get conviction because Conviction is what brings that staying power. Um, and then it's one thing at a time where we start to walk with a brother and say, hey, here's here's another, uh, we call them sails. There's different sails that we have guys put into place in their ship, and it is developing family mission and vision. It's building attraction in their marriage again. They're gaining confidence throughout this process because our whole target is to actually be like Jesus. Mm. Uh, it's not to be, I want to be super alpha. Or I want to be beta. It's I want to be like Christ. And Christ is the right thing at the right time. He has the mm. wisdom. He has the strength. And he has the application for what's the right thing at the right time. But it's from those convictions, Sophia, that a man sees I'm a protector. I'm a provider. I'm a leader. This is God's design. This is the essence of masculinity. I'm not just a human married to another human. Uh, mm. I'm a protector, a provider, and a leader. And now you start to give the man who's hungry for that. You start to give him some practicality around it and he moves really quickly. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I would say I've experienced that in my own life. Um, one thing I wanted to ask about about this subject just from a different angle is I think some people hear this and it sounds like a lot of work or it sounds like, you know, I don't want to be that guy who's super rigid or uptight and everything has to be perfect. Um, I know that's uh, like I'm I'm very much a man, a man on a mission for the most part. And I do try to be really intentional in all areas of my life. And one of the things that I've gotten pushback from, especially from some of our family members who are, you know, on the outside looking in and have done things differently is, you know, like it doesn't like, why do you care so much about that? Like my wife and I, you know, we sit down every week and we go through the budget, you know, just a little thing, but it's like, you don't need to budget, you know, like it doesn't matter that much. You're going to, you're going to put too much stress. Like, why are you so worried about that? Or, you know, my wife and I, once a year, we talk about the stuff we're dreaming about, you know, for the year ahead and the next three, five years and, you know, try to, excuse me, formulate that kind of vision you're talking about. But I think some people, some people say like, oh, you know, um, I don't, you know, I don't want to make an idol of those things or um, they kind of, it's almost like, oh, what you're doing is so much that I'm just going to do nothing at all. Um, How, how would you help somebody maybe strike a balance for them or, or what, what would you say it means to really be deliberate in these areas of their lives? Yeah, that's a really good point. So yeah, when I'm doing nothing, I point to what you're doing and I'm like, 
Sathya, it's too much, bro. Relax. Just enjoy life. Flow. Um, yeah. but the, the, the question of course is, do you want the fruit that they have? <laughs> because yeah. this is going to, this is showing up some way, somehow there's consequences for every action. This might be good or bad. Um, but for the guy who, if he's sincere and he's not just a, making a bad faith argument, but he's like, Hey, I'm worried that this is going to become, and that's a, that's a common question because that's what pastor Melvin has trained us to believe. Like if you start leading, no, 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 you can't lead. You have to servant lead. Like, okay, thank you. I'll servant lead. <laughs> you know, everybody's afraid we're going to become Saddam Hussein. Like right, that's yeah. the, that's the attack that's often used against any kind of leadership because, you know, we want, we want husbands to, to be compassionate and be responsible, but we don't have any power to actually accomplish anything. It's oftentimes <laughs> what happens in the church. So that is a concern. Guys are like, they only know of the life where they live in full submission to others, their wife included. And then they, the only other thing they know of is full Saddam Hussein, uh, my way or the highway. There's a new sheriff in town, everybody. And <laughs> again, it's just, it's not the reality. It's not, that's not loving your wife like Christ loves the church. So we reject all that abusive nonsense or even the more uh, reasonable concerns. And to the thing I would say, what you're doing, it is just being deliberate though. All these, mm. anyone who would oppose what you're doing, Sathya, I would just ask them, like, do you have SOPs at work? Do you have a way that you, the church functions? Like, well, yeah, why? Because it's important, right? It matters, <laughs> right? But this yeah. is the hard work of leadership that most of us just didn't even know to do. I didn't know to do any of that, man. Mm. 10 years ago, Natalie and I married 16 years now. 16? 17? <laughs> Something like that. I'm sure she won't listen to this. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 16. It'll be okay. 17. Yeah, in July. Um, I didn't know to do any of that, but that was where I started. I just started being deliberate. So yeah, at work, we've got files and spreadsheets and everything else and, and all these things. And we're like, yeah, that's necessary. Why? Cause you're doing something important in this organization. And at home, we're just going to be like, well, we'll see what tomorrow has in store. Like, why is this not more valuable? This is the hard work of leadership that most of us didn't know to do. But then it's also the hard work of leadership that most of us just truly aren't willing to do. Man, when mm -hmm. I get home, I just want to. Lay on the sofa, my brother. You're you can lay on the sofa, and if this goes to a certain degree, like you're going to have the fruits of laying on the sofa. <laughs> you know, your your lawn is going to tell me the story over time. Yeah. After a decade, your family culture is going to be telling me how you've been leading for the past year. I don't say that with harshness or judgment. I just say for better or worse. Yeah. Um, come look at the Clark household, and that's not to say I control how the outcomes of everything. Uh, but I seek to take ownership of, for all of the outcomes. So if there's bad fruit that I don't like, my my new reaction is not Natalie needs to get her act together or my boys need to get their act together. The instant reaction of a responsible man is how can I take ownership for this outcome? It doesn't mean it's my fault that it happened. My okay. son got bad grades. It doesn't mean it's my fault, but I'm the guy who's got to solve it. So either I'm going to teach him better or tutor him more or bring more discipline. Like, But you're looking at the guy who who is ultimately going to be held responsible, just like Adam in the garden. When hmm. Adam and Eve sin, the Lord doesn't walk into the garden and say, who ate it first? Yeah, the Lord comes right. into the garden saying, where are you, Adam? Yeah, right. And I, I think that's why what you were saying earlier is so important. Like, I think if we take our role in the, in the home and understand us as leaders, then this is a very natural progression. This is like, yeah, if someone under your leadership is struggling – you're not 100% responsible, but you play a role. And not only in 
maybe the problem that exists, but you can also be part of the solution and you can support them through it. And I think that's why it's, what you're saying is so important. Um, this is a nice segue into probably what I think is, is maybe the most critical part of your message, which is living on mission. And I think that's where this, this sort of conundrum is like, you have guys who, yeah, who, who aren't really living for much. You know, they, they work, they pay the bills, and they're, they're exhausted by all of that, that they come home, they flick on the TV until they go to bed, and that's it. And I, I don't think anybody wants to live that way, but I think the reason that people do find themselves in these kind of cycles or um, a bit of a hollow life is because they're not living on mission. And, and that ties into the intentionality and all that. But I'm, I'm wondering if you can maybe flesh this out a little bit more. If somebody's coming through the family captain and you can see that, okay, yeah, they they seem to be taking leadership a little bit at home and they understand their role, but they, man, this they just don't have mission. They don't have a sense of purpose or they haven't found that thing they're passionate about. How do you help somebody start to succeed in this area? Yeah. That's a great point. The mission is the thing that gives you the fuel. So for the brothers, like you were saying earlier here, listen to this and like, oh my goodness, this sounds overwhelming. It sounds like more work, bro. The good news is this is actually fuel. I know it sounds like I'm saying, hey, put this big, heavy rock in your backpack. That's not what happens. That's what I thought at first too. Because it was when I started to get revelation from the Lord through my own journey of like, oh my goodness, the responsibility of it all. For about five seconds, I was just crushed and then as the clarity came, like, wait a second, if I have power to actually do things, I can actually work towards outcomes that are amazing. And then it becomes actually super exciting. So it becomes this fuel. It's like Jesus says, my yoke is easy, but he does have a yoke. His burden is light, but there is a burden, but it right. fits well. It's like this backpack, man, that you put it on and it's just like, that's not too heavy. That's not too, it actually feels good to have the thing on. Like there's a burden on you. Technically, yes, it's a burden, but it doesn't feel like a burden. It feels like a great fitting backpack with just the right amount of weight in it. This is what family leadership is like. This is what it's like to live on mission. Uh, one of the ways I talk about it is I reference like TV or video games. Um, it's easy for us to binge. You know, we're, we get excited about that man on a mission on the screen. Is he going to accomplish the thing? Is he going to save the world? Is he going to slay the dragons? Is he going to rescue the damsel? Like these are ancient stories because they point to what Christ has done for his church. Um, everything points to Jesus and his church. But it's easy for me to get lost in all that because that's what I was meant for. It's not just a good story. It's the story. Mm. But the sad thing is it's the story I'm supposed to be living. So it's easy for me to play the video game. And like, look, I'm leveling up my guy. You know, the video game character, he's, Bloop, five points extra strength. Bloop, five points speed. Bloop, five points whatever. Um, you can tell I'm, I'm a real experienced video gamer. But um, <laughs> that's how video games work. Bloop, five points. Bloop, that's the sound they make. It's like Mario <laughs> taking it back. So it's easy for me to get excited. Like, look, I'm building his kingdom. I, I bought this thing. There's video games where you can expand and build your kingdom and build your empire. And why? Because that's in the heart of man to do. And yeah. the point I'm saying is, bro, do it in real life. Live mm. a binge-worthy life. Instead mm. of watching one, you actually get to create it. Now, of course, the reward is easier on the video game because it comes quicker. It comes within a few hours. Yeah. Compared to in life, it's like, here we go. Another day towards this long-range plan. It's like yeah. the lawn analogy. Man, I worked in my yard, but it doesn't look amazing. Bro, 18 months from now, though, it's going to be a putting green. So it becomes exciting when a man starts to get on offense and he starts to look around 
He does simple things. He brings order to chaos. He looks at his garage and he goes, nope, enough is enough. And mm. and he starts organizing and clearing things out. Why? Because it means something. It's not just a garage. Nothing is just anything. Yeah. And he starts to be the man who gets up with his alarm clock instead of pushing the snooze. Why? Because he keeps his word to himself. He says, I'm waking up at this time and he does it. And all of a sudden, confidence is building, and then fruit comes from it. Next thing you know, his wife is responding differently to him. Why? Because there's a new man in the house. Or yeah. in my case, there's a man in the house for the first time. Mm. And next thing you know, you're like, this girl's noticing me. Well, I haven't really done anything different. It's just, but you have. You're changing. It becomes this virtuous cycle because the confidence is building. The conviction is building. You're taking action towards good fruit. And next thing you know, you are the man on a mission. And over time, you are building that kingdom for the glory of God and for the good of the people that you love. Man, that's so good. So are there, when, like when you're working with people, are there like, do you, do you break this down into specific areas where where you want to see a guy be intentional? Like, because, you know, when you're starting to talk about this, I'm, I'm, I'm even just causing, it's causing me to reflect a little bit. I'm thinking about, yeah, you know, my finances and my, my fitness and, you know, certainly the marriage. And now we just had a son. So thinking a little bit more about kind of, you know, the child rearing part of it and the more collective family aspects and my relationship with God, like, is there a way you break this down or does it just depend from one person to the next on where they might need to be a little bit more intentional and live life on mission? Yeah, we have some, like I said, we have different sales. There are particular things that we give guys, but I've been talking about like sales of like a boat, like winning the yeah, sales. Yeah. yeah. So we call them the six sales and there are different okay. sales that every family captain has to put in place. And as he comes through our elite program, we show him what they are and how they apply, but they're very surprising to most guys. They're not um, the, as specific as everyone was expecting. Okay. Because what actually happens is they really do become their own captain. They really are not little micro John Michaels. They really are their own man who's really following the Lord. And what we do is identify, uh, we give them the frameworks and we do give them plenty of tools along the way. Um, but that's what most guys want. I want the practical. I want the tactical. I want the tip. I want the trick. Whereas the biggest work that we do, the whole bait and switch in the family captain is uh, <laughs> you're going to get all of that. But bro, it doesn't matter if you're not a different guy. So the big secret, what's the hack? Like, how do I have more sex with my wife? I'm like, oh, come here. I'll tell you the secret. Become a different man, you know, mm. become the man she wants to have sex with instead of the man she has to have sex with. You know, it's mm. not, it's not just bring home the flowers because there's plenty of husbands. If they showed up with flowers tonight, they'd be looked at with disgust. Like, really, dude, we're not there. We're not that couple. We're not in that place. Yeah. So the tip, the trick, the tactic, like, oh, here's how to lead your family well, just just have a monthly budget meeting. It's a wise, a good, and a, and a godly thing to do, but that's not the ultimate, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's who Sophia's it. It's who the man is in his house. Your wife yeah. looks up to you. She loves you. She trusts you. And of course, yeah, you do a budget meeting because you're thinking about your future and you're the you're the provider. It's one of the. It flows out of who you are at the core. Mm. So really, we really do work to make sure the man is a, sees himself and has that revelation of who he is in Christ get his vertical relationship so stable that now the horizontals become obvious. The yeah. practicals become plain to him. And yes, we throw, we give him plenty of, and that's what the six sales are. We give them these very practicals. We help them to shape their family values, for example. So you would come through and we would clearly identify, we would mine out those rich deposits and say, who are the Sams? Cause you're not the Clarks and you're right. not a generic American family. You're not even a generic Christian family. And we're going to mine out what the Lord has hidden in your heart. The, the word of God said, it's the glory of God to conceal a thing. 
but it's the glory of Kings to search it out. Mm. So we search that out. We say, man, who, what does it mean? We don't just go, we don't tell you to go to Hobby Lobby and buy your family values. We're not just going to say, you know, we're going to live, laugh, love, you know, or or we're going to be people (laughs) of just integrity. Like, no, it's going to be stuff that you're actually passionate about that you can actually lead your family into the future. And you're going to prioritize your marriage above your children, which is a a pitfall that many people fall prey to. Like, oh, my kids are my life. Like, careful. (laughs) That's, Mm. it's out of order. You know, so we, we do these things in a way that, you know, is real for each man. And that's why the customized portion of the coaching is so important because, you know, every marriage is in a different place. Every household's different. Every man's different. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, you might have already mentioned it, but maybe without articulating it, but what are some of the sales, if, if you don't mind me asking, yeah. that you're so, going through with these guys? One of the, one of the six sales is the, the those particular family values that I was just yep. referencing. Yep. Um, for a man to not have values for his household is just, where, who are we? What are we? Oh, well, we're... Mm-hmm. We're this, we're that. Would your wife be able to answer that? Could your kids answer that if I asked them? Probably not. The Clarks definitely couldn't have years ago. We were just another family. We loved the Lord for real, for real. And yet we still didn't have our purpose. So the the values that you create are one of those profound staples. Every family captain has to identify his family values. Another staple, another one of our six sales. I refer to these as like basic hygiene, Sophia. Um there's like there's a lot of shirts that I give you while you're in the family captain. You can put them on. You can put it in the closet. You go, oh, that fit well. I can try that on anytime I want. It's here now. Right. But then there are some things that are basic hygiene. The six sales are like you have to brush your teeth. You have to wipe your butt. <laughs> you have to get a shower. <laughs> like you have to do certain things. Uh, another one of the six sales is a weekly family meeting. I teach guys mm. how to actually have a family meeting that builds family culture. This is where you're checking in on your family members. This is where you're you're doing a quick look at the week ahead. This is where you're uh, bringing direction, saying, "Hey, here's what I want to share," or, you know, "Hey, I've noticed this," and and I check in with Natalie. Hey, babe, what should I cover in family meeting this week? So mm. this is not, I'm in charge. I'll tell you what's up. Listen, you just wait for it, little lady. Like, what kind of idiot would you have to be? What kind of moron would you have to be to not want your first officer to give her wise, godly, and feminine input to yeah. how you're leading? So family meetings are one of the most powerful, uh, quick wins that guys get. They go, oh my goodness, like I'm three weeks into these things. And the family's like, are we doing family meeting? So it's a culture building moment. It's saying we matter. We're somebody. We're not just going to drift. Hey, everybody's in their room on their own screens. Uh, Another thing that we have, another one of the sales is a monthly survey. So Hmm. I actually give Natalie and I give the boys a survey each month. And it's just a quick little check-in and an assessment of the captain. So uh, the ones the ones I give it to my boys are, are super fun, especially the younger they are, my eight-year-old. Uh, and when all of them were younger, like one of them is, how, how fun am I? One to 10. It's all just one to 10. How fun am I? It's like, no fun. I got like a one. Just like you're, you're the least fun dad in the whole world. How loved do you feel by me? One to 10. 10, total 10. You love me so much, daddy. You're just no fun. And then at the end, a couple of questions I have is a, What's one thing you wish I would start doing? What's what? What's one thing you wish I would stop doing? And what else do you want to say? And for the kids, it's always like, what's one thing you wish I would start doing? Play with me more. Uh, what's, what's, right. What do you wish I would stop doing? I wish you would work, stop working. Um, right. What else do you need to say? Uh, play with me more and stop working. So, <laughs> you know, all those are to be taken with a grain of salt. This is not your full report card as a man. The Lord has of given course. us that through Christ. But it's just a little bit, of, it's, it's some helpful feedback. Nice and feedback it tool, to, some, yeah. to some powerful places. So um, those are just a few of the sales that we have in place. 
That's brilliant, man. Really, really brilliant. So, um, you just you just mentioned something that I think it's I think would actually be maybe good to talk about a little bit. It, it sounds like to to really execute on um, the the th- at least the three sales that you presented, but even the things we're talking about, there's a great degree of humility that's required on the man's part because we all know like the best leaders um, express humility, but even I'm just thinking about you know having a family meeting. Um, now you're talking about, you know, getting feedback monthly from each member of the family. Um, how do you help guys depersonalize maybe some of the feedback that they might get so that it doesn't crush them, but also obviously take the feedback seriously and, and make adjustments? How do you kind of toe that line? Excellent question. So that's where the custom coaching comes in because depending on the brother, like if I've got, if he's Mr. Swagger, you know, I might have to even coach him like, Hey, so let's take that feedback in a little bit. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Where, where you got this number here? So it depends on the man. Some guys though, that that's where they have to guard against is not being crushed by it. So that's why even when I present this to them, when they're coming through the family captain, when they could get to this captain's action, as we call it, and they start to learn about it, I really underplay, I really downplay it and make the assumption for the lowest common denominator for the guy who's like, what if she gives me all ones? Like, who cares? She's not Jesus. It's a piece of paper and it's just yeah. some feedback. Keep at, keep at it, captain. You're killing it, brother. Like, cause we've got yeah. plenty of objective fruit at this point that he can look to and point to. We do this later in our program right? Um, so that he's already got tons of wins so that she's not on the pedestal because some guys, when they've come into the family captain, many guys, pastor Melvin has trained us. Like if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. That nonsensical yes. training, happy wife, um, happy life, happy Craziness. wife, hi, happy yeah. life garbage instead of no, no, no. I love to please my wife, but I do not live to please my wife. And this is a powerful identity shift that happens in the family captain. It has set so many men free because they live in that bondage. She's unhappy with me. And I'm like, oh no, brother, what will happen next? She's like, she might give me the cold shoulder for three days. Like that would be very sinful and immature of her, but go on. What would happen next? Well, then, then she might get angry. And then what would happen? Like I I walk them down the path of get her, get her off of the throne, man. Like, Well, she's my wife. I love her. Yeah, you should. But this is different. She has some sort of bizarre control here. Well, it's all of our friends' marriages have that. I don't deny that. All of the marriages in our church look like this. I don't deny that either. I see it firsthand every day. I'm a pastor and a Christian who lives in the West. I understand what's going on here. But FYI, it makes women miserable. It makes men miserable. And it produces a chaotic household where no one thrives. So it takes courage to walk in freedom from this stuff. But yeah, I walk, we, we walk with a man so that he actually has wins, so that he actually builds confidence, so he actually has good fruit. And by the time he is ready to give this, I'm like, hey, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? He's like, this is cool. This is no big deal. I'm like, good, it is. It's a piece of paper. Pat, hand it to her. Hey, baby, could you fill this out for me? I'd love to, love to get your perspective. That's it. That's the tone. It's not, my dearest wife, whatever you say next on this paper changes the trajectory for my future. It's the, it's the suggestion box at the restaurant, Sathya, you know, you and me go to the steakhouse and we're like, you know what? I really wish you guys would serve barbecue. And they're like, okay, we're not going to like, (laughs) like you can suggest it. Nobody's mad at you, but we're not going to start serving barbecue. Yeah. So if you have a manipulative wife, then even more so I would coach my client and guide him and say, Hey man, whatever comes back on this thing, or there are even times Sathya, if I know, if I, if I've known who we're dealing with on the other side, like we're not giving the survey, bro. Okay. We're just not. Why? Because yeah. because the the fruit is evident from the other side that that it would be manipulative and gaslighting. Right. Like, 
So, so when she answers, you know, how loved do you feel by me? We know she's going to say one because she's immature, unchristlike, and she's weaponizing uh, things against him. Like, we're not going to, I'm not going to subject him to that. And I'm going to yeah. go, Hey, no big deal on this, man. We'll get to this in time. It's just, a, this thing is a servant. This is not a master, the tool itself, our wife and everything in between. It's really good. Yeah. A very good perspective. And I, I have to imagine there'd be some guys that you'd need to remind of that because um, yeah, feedback, feedback can be scary. Um, your kids are not adults yet, but I have to imagine you've worked with people whose kids are adults or becoming adults. And the one thing that strikes me as you're talking about some of these little systems is what an incredible example to set for your kids, for a son of this is what it looks like for a man to leave the house, which he's hopefully going to do one day. And then for a daughter to see this is what it looks like for a man to be you know, on mission and to take his leadership seriously. Um, can you maybe do some vision casting? You know, I'm even thinking for myself as a, as a brand new father, what's the, what are the, the benefits of this generationally as these things start to get passed on and you kind of build that family culture? Yeah, that's super fun, man. That's one of the, one of the things I don't talk about publicly that often, because, you know, it's not necessarily what my audience has on top of mind, but my priority is people's kids. Um, mm -hmm. Whenever Whenever I was going through what I went through in high school as my parents were divorcing, like kids are the collateral damage that nobody really talks about. P people True. tell themselves things like kids are resilient, which is just such bull crap. Uh, mm. Yes, I think the grace of God shows up in difficult times. No doubt. He brings resurrection out of dead things. And I, even the family captain is resurrection. This is all very personal for me. This is all mm. retaliation against the devil for what he did to my family. Um, mm. So so I'm thinking about people's kids. And I'm thinking about like, you know, the next couple generations. But as you and I know, the Lord's thinking about a thousand generations for the man who loves him and how he's going to show his kindness and mercy to them. But we have seen a lot of awesome fruit from uh, the, the teenagers are the fun ones to see it in. The little ones, they're going to follow daddy and mommy no matter what, for better or yeah. worse. Yeah. But as teenagers are starting to think and they're starting to head towards adulthood, wanting to differentiate themselves, wanting to shape their own identity. So my oldest is only 15 right now. So I don't have, you know, I, I, we don't have long range fruit where we can point to and say, hey, look at my 35 year old children and look how, 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 how well it went. Uh, it's going great for mine so far. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, I only have sons. I don't have any daughters, but I'm thinking for other clients who have been with me for a few years at this point, a couple of brothers who we've been walking together for about three years now, and they've got some older teenagers, they've got sons, they've got daughters. And to see how they have taken those principles in the family captain and really begin to shepherd and seeing their kids latch onto it and want it, want identity. Kids want identity. They don't want to just be nothings. We don't want yeah. to just be generic people. We know that teenagers want identity for crying out loud. Like they'll go to the school and be like, oh, I'm a jock. I'm, I'm a redneck. I'm a goth. I'm a this. That's what it was when I was in school. I don't know what the cliques are anymore. Yeah, me too. Um, I couldn't tell you, but yeah. Yeah, so like, but that's what like, you had to be something. You can't just be a nothing. You can't just be a generic person. So everybody wants identity and identity needs to come from the father, primarily from our father God, but then from our father on earth to say, this is who you are. This is what you're about. So we've mm. seen awesome fruit where, you know, sons and daughters are looking to their mom and dad now going, this is the kind of life I want. And, mm. and to them, it's wild. They're going, dude, I can't believe, if you had told me, 12 months ago that my teenager would be wanting to en enjoying their quality time with their parents instead of like desperate to get away constantly yeah. on their screen. Like, Oh, 
my parents are the worst compared to like, <laughs> I'm hanging out with mom and dad, like, cause they're cool and I love them and our family's dope. You know, yeah. like that's the fruit, man. That I know we've got a long way to go to, to see these kids go into adulthood, but I'm like, that seems like the right trajectory to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would totally agree. And I, I think that's the cool thing about what you're doing or that's what like kind of gets me fired up. Cause obviously the work that we're doing here as well, you know, helping guys get free of porn addiction and sexual sin uh, to me it, it is about the man but the the fun part of it is the the ripples right the multi-generational aspect and changing lineages and all of that um I, I i'd be remiss if i didn't ask you about something that you said a little earlier talking about sex in the marriage and um there can often be a lot of well there's tons of stereotypes and gender roles and you would think that maybe being in the church we would have healthier perspectives on these things but um, in many cases it's actually quite a bit worse and i'm wondering um if you ever have to do like unlearning with your clients or, or coaching them through you know what healthy biblical sex looks like especially just thinking about what we've laid out you know the family leadership and living life on mission like sex life is um, a healthy sex life would be an amazing byproduct i think if these first two things were done well um, but I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about what you have to do with your clients to help them thrive in this area as well. Yeah. Well, as you already know, everything comes from the renewing of the mind through the word of God. Hmm. We have this wrong perspective about sex. Oftentimes it's, uh, there's this shame around it. There's this, I really want sex with my wife, but I'm kind of a pervert for wanting that. Like that's what hmm. pastor Melvin has made me to feel like, Oh my goodness. Like, calm down. Don't have a sex drive. I'm like, I thought the Lord gave this to me. Like, no, no, no. That came from the devil. The devil invented penises and vaginas and orgasms. Um, He (laughs) snuck it in somehow. The Lord didn't want any pleasure to be there. It's nonsense. You know, Christians should have the best sex lives. We should have the only sex lives. Everybody should be a Christian, everybody. And and everybody should only have sex when they're married. So there you go. But but the marriage bed should be this wonderful place. Um, So we do spend a lot of time walking guys through and and training them to think about sex appropriately instead of the shame, the accusation that comes uh, that it's just physical. We say, no, sex is physical. Sex is spiritual. Sex is emotional. This is a beautiful gift that God has given to marriage. Sex is not a gift that wives give to husbands. Sex Mm. is not a gift that husbands give to wives. Sex is a gift that God has given to marriage. So we, we often work too to change that dynamic where a lot of times not always, but a lot of times the husband is the seeker of the sex and the wife is the keeper of the sex. And she yes. she holds sex, it's the carrot on the stick. And he's like, if he's a good boy, if he jumps through the hoops properly and does all the things, then he can be rewarded with what I call starfish sex, which you can imagine that's where the starfish lays there. Uh, it's not <laughs> It's not the thriving, flourishing, joyful bond that's supposed to be happening between a man and a woman who are ecstatically married in love with one another and having a great time. So we do spend a lot of time showing that this is good. Don't apologize for it. You know, Mm. we teach guys not how to just handle the practical accusation in the moment when she comes at him with, you're just doing this or you're just saying because you want, like, we don't back up from that. We step in with both feet. Hey, beautiful. Hang on a second. Uh, Let me get this straight. I'm being accused in the court of wife for wanting to have sex with the woman that I love, that wanting to experience this spiritual, this physical, and this emotional gift. Is that the accusation? Lock me up and throw away the key. <laughs> like to bring to bring a joy, to bring a swagger, and to bring it to be the lighthouse is what we call it, Sophia. Like mm. I'm not going to be moved. Your accusation, your pushback doesn't cause me to crumble. Whereas in the past, when I when I lived as Melvin, you're just doing this because of that, or you just want sex. Like, 
no, 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 I don't want sex. Wait, you don't? Uh, <laughs> first of all, hey, beautiful. Uh, I love my wife, which is why I'm doing X, Y, and Z. I don't jump through hoops and I don't earn anything from you. Yeah. Second of all, I fully intend to make love to the woman that I'm married to because I love her and I'm pursuing her. I'm going to cast my vote. I'm going to shoot my shot. Yeah. She gets to cast her vote. That's between her and the Lord, brother. If if she declines, then say, I'm why, now man on a mission. I've got something else to do. You were at the top of that list, but if you remove yourself from it, I'm moving on. What happens is a wife starts to be drawn back into her husband's orbit because he's mm. no longer desperate. He's no longer the needy little boy. I wash the dishes. Did you notice? I'm a good boy. Do I get the naked time later? It's pathetic. And it's mm. a huge turnoff. It kills attraction compared to the man who actually lives the mighty mission. And she's going, who? Who's Mr. Man around here now? And he's going, oh, hey, cutie pie. Uh, yeah, you want to join me on the mission? Uh, don't leave me. He's like, I'm not leaving you. Come on, let's go. All of a yeah. sudden, the dynamic has changed because he's not hes not weak. He's actually strong. He's actually someone that she can look up to. And uh, all this works together to build attraction. And we do a lot of what we talk about, increasing the polarity of the masculine and the feminine mm. instead of just we're two gender, two gender neutral humans. And I know the church says, no, we're not gender neutral. Yeah, I know. But functionally, we still act like it hmm. because we still don't teach with clarity what is a man. Hmm. Pastors won't answer that explicitly. Hmm. What is a woman? As in not a man, as in not. A, to me, a man is being honest. Bro, a woman can be honest and a woman right. should be honest. To me, a man has integrity. No, 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 no. You're listing good human traits. I want you to say what a man is hmm. by God's design. What is the essence of a man? What is the essence of a woman? And oftentimes we can't get those answers. So we define all of that and then it builds polarity and then the attraction comes back. So we do a lot of wow. that to, to help guys see the full picture. Uh, can you give us some Cole's notes? What What is a man? A man, uh, well, I hit it earlier. A man is a protector, a provider, and a leader. Okay. Can't a woman protect? I didn't say what she can do. I said what she was made for. This is what he is for. Can, mm. a, can a woman provide? I didn't say what she can or cannot do. I said what he should do. This is what his essence is. You, he, This is his irreducible core, right? If we mm. boiled him down into a pot, what would we have at the very end? We'd have a protector, a provider, and a leader. A, can't a woman lead? I didn't say what she can or can't do. I said what a man is for. What is a right. woman? What is a woman? Me, a woman is integrity. No, all people should have integrity. A woman is a helper. A woman is a life giver. And a woman is a glorifier or a beautifier. So mm. these are the the irreducible, the irreducible core of what a man and woman is. But the church doesn't want to say these things, Sophia, because it's mm. offensive, because we made distinction. Can't can't a man be helpful? Didn't say what he can do, say what he's made for and what he should do. Can a man right. be a life giver? Well, he gives his seed. So in that sense, sure. Um, but can a man be a glorifier and beautifier? It's not what he can't, it's what we should do. And I can yeah. prove all this ex explicitly biblical. Um, and I've taught all this out. I did a sermon series not too long ago where I was showing all this from the text and proving to people because the church, like, this is good news, by the way. I haven't shared bad <laughs> news at all in this podcast for everybody, for every man, woman, child listening. This is good news. You have a purpose and it's godly and it's glor and it's glorious. It's yes. one's not better than the other. They're distinct yeah. and they're different. And God loves distinctions. God loves mountains and God loves valleys. God loves the desert. God loves the ocean. God loves male. God loves female. It's good to be a man if you're a man. It's good to be a woman if you're a woman. Oh, man. It's so good. There's this fascinating concept in um, in medicine, which is that if the body is out of alignment, you know, you have some spinal issues, 
it can easily lead to you know, issues in the liver, the internal organs, or even circulation, all that kind of stuff. And if you didn't know the body was out of alignment, you would just try to treat the circulation issue or, you know, whatever, and you would kind of miss the more causal elements. And I feel like what your message is and what you're doing is you're bringing back that infrastructure, like you're bringing things back into alignment. And in that process, it sounds like, excuse me, the intimacy issues or the financial distress or, you know, the parenting conflicts, like all of those things start to kind of maybe not fix themselves, but that you certainly start to see them for what they are once everything is in alignment. And I, I love like these are the, the most foundational, fundamental causal elements that you can talk about in the scope of masculinity, family, family leadership and everything. I just think this is amazing, John Michael. So thank you for your work, man. Um, for people who want to find out more about what you're up to, connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, well, you're you guys listen to the podcast, so the Family Captain podcast is a great place to get started. You know, of course, they can go to thefamilycaptain.com. Uh, I'm not sure when this is dropping when you're publishing all this, but uh, we've got the expedition, which is one of our things we only open up every six months. It's open until Christmas Eve, so they can look into that if they go to the thefamilycaptain.com/slash/expedition, and it's before Christmas Eve, then they can get get on board there as well. Okay. That is fantastic. So we'll put links to all that in the show notes. I'm not sure actually the date this is coming out, but if if it does come out in time, we'll for sure uh, put a link there to the expedition as well. Uh, John Michael, this has been a treat, man. Thanks for your time today. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Boom, boom. There it goes. John Michael Clark. And man, I'm telling you, the family captain is the real deal, guys. So if you haven't checked him out already, if you don't know who he is, go check out his podcast. It's called The Family Captain. It's phenomenal. Uh, There's a lot to grow, uh, a lot to gain from there. And and again, if you're resonating with this message and, um, you know, and you're serious about it, then I, I would say, you know, Join that expedition thing. Um, the expedition thing makes it sound like it's it's so irrelevant. But, you know, that that program that he's offering, it's a limited time. I think there's a small window here uh, before the uh, registration closes. I think it's the 24th, he said. So I would jump on that and I would go all in. This is a very serious subject. And I know that some of you guys, uh, you know, you're looking to the new year and you're saying, you know, how can I be a better husband? How can I be a better leader in the home and a better father to my kids? John Michael Clark, he can answer all those questions and show you exactly how to do it. And maybe part of your new year is that you want to quit porn. Look, this is that time of the year where people start to think about it. Maybe you're looking back and you're saying, dang it, man, you know, 2023 was supposed to be the year. What happened? You know, how am I still here? There's no way, like, there's no way that happened. Uh, Look, it it happens. Uh, And I'll tell you, I was in recovery for five years. And trust me, not every single one of those years was like amazing progress and oh my gosh, I'm going to get there. Uh, I had a couple really rough years where at the end I looked back and I thought, what the heck was I doing? You know, like it like it was two steps forward, but three steps back kind of thing. Um, Look, those are hard moments to face. They're tough realities. But if you look at them with the right perspective, which is I I still gain something and I'm going to leverage this now or I'm going to use this to motivate me into my new year. Um they can be really powerful. And I I will say that the year I quit 2016, at the end of 2015, I remember being like, man, I don't know if I'm ever going to get clean of this stuff. I had a really bad relapse after being clean for like six or seven months. And I made up my mind in 2016. I just thought, you know what? I have to, I have to keep going. Like I didn't come this far to quit now and to relapse every six months, seven months and have a big binge. 
Uh, I knew there was more for me. In February that year, it was just two months in that I had my last relapse. So look, I'm not trying to say that it's going to happen exactly that way for you. What I am saying though is for those of you, some of you are listening and you know that 2024 has to be the year because maybe your marriage is on the line. Maybe you have a calling on your life that is on hold because of this. Maybe it's just your confidence and you just want to feel more like yourself um, or you just don't want to live with that guilt and shame anymore. Whatever it is, you can make 2024 the year you quit. We would love to be a part of it. And if you would like to consider what we're doing here and find out about how we could help you, you can click the link in the show notes that says book a call with Cynthia's team, schedule a time. We'll send you some videos that explain what we do and what can you can expect. And then you can have a call with somebody on my team to see if what we have here is the right fit for you. And if it's not, no hard feelings. There's lots of other great programs out there as well. And maybe you'll find something else that fits. That's the most important thing. It's got to fit because if it doesn't fit, then let's not kid ourselves. We're wasting our time and our money. So um, the link is there in the show notes. And in the meantime, I, I know that you listened to this and I know you thought of somebody Maybe somebody in your family, maybe it's your wife that you want to co-lead with, or maybe it's somebody else in your life that you're mentoring or helping that you think, yeah, you know, I, 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 I think someone would benefit from this. I think maybe, um, you know, there's a couple of things they talked about here that they could really hear. Share it with them. You, you literally could change someone's life just by sharing a podcast. We'd be honored if you'd be willing to spread this one around as you see fit. And uh, without further ado, gentlemen, thank you for listening. Ladies, I know you're out there too. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing day. God bless you guys. Stay clean. Hey everybody, it's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast, and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.